In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Coptic month of Abib, and immediately before the Feast of the Apostles, which we will celebrate uh, on July 12th, on Tuesday, God willing. And so, during this time, we are focusing on the work of the Apostles, and here in the scripture that we read today is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to the 70 apostles and telling them to go out and to preach and to evangelize to all the places that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to go after them. And he gives ins them instructions on what to do, on how to evangelize, on how to go and what to say and what to do when they meet the people and going from city to city and so on. And so one of the instructions that he gives the people, he gives the apostles, as he tells them, greet no one along the road. And this does not mean that he doesn't want them to be friendly or he doesn't want them to communicate with other people. Actually, their entire mission had to do with communicating, had to do with going and speaking to people and evangelizing about the Lord Jesus Christ. But when he said, greet no one along the road, he meant do not be distracted in your mission when you are traveling from place to place to talk to different people and to get sidetracked and distracted from what is it that you are called to go and to do, which is the mission of evangelism. And so it was a message of remaining focused, focused on the goal and the mission that they had been called to do. And so it is easy in our life to become distracted, and maybe we also need to be reminded of this as though the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to us, greet no one along the road. We find ourselves, of course, living in this world that is full of all kinds of responsibilities and all kinds of difficulties and challenges and distractions. And it is easy for us to get sidetracked and to begin to live our life uh, for these things rather than to continue on this mission and this journey that we have been called for, which is a journey that leads to heaven and the walk that we walk that leads us to heaven. So it is easy for us to get distracted. It's easy for us to get distracted by our career, it's easy to get distracted by our families. It's easy to get distracted by our health. It's easy to get distracted by many, many things that prevent us from moving forward in the calling that Christ has called us for, whether that be maybe a service that Christ has called me for or just even in my personal spiritual life and my salvation. How much do we find it difficult to pray? to find the time to pray, to find the time to read the word of God, to find the time to serve. All of these things are things that God is calling us to do, and yet maybe because of our distractions, we find ourselves getting off track and not focused on what is it that we are um, called for. So I want to speak a little bit about how can we stay focused while we live in the midst of all these different kinds of distractions. The first thing we should do is we should avoid looking back. The Lord Christ said in Luke chapter 9, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does it mean not to look back? It means do not look back to your old life. Whenever a person is making this commitment to follow Christ and to walk in his way, certainly there are decisions that we have to make and there are sacrifices that we have to make to put away from us and to cut out of our lives things that are unbecoming of a believer, unbecoming of a Christian. Menta certain mentalities, certain ways of speaking, certain relationships, certain things that we used to live in and used to do that no longer we can continue to do. So here Christ is saying, knowing, no one having put his hand to the plow, meaning the, the plow is the tool of the farmer. 
meaning no one who is working, no one who is doing the, the work can look back again and, and is, is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning once you have decided to do this work, don't look at your old life, don't look at your old ways, don't look at your old relationships. Remain focused and on, on the future, remain focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and be faithful in your calling without looking back. Um, an example of a group who wanted to look back was the Israelites. After the Israelites were lab liberated from Egypt, from being slaves in Egypt, God was calling them to a great land that he would call the promised land. This promised land was a land that had everything that the Israelites needed to have a nation to support them, to be a place where they could worship God in freedom and in peace, as opposed to the life of slavery that they endured when they were in Egypt without any freedom at all. And yet after God liberated them and brought them out of Egypt and, and wanted them to go into the land, the people began to complain against him and they, used to, and they said the following, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. They felt that what actually God was calling them for, even though it was a land of great blessing, they, they felt that they were afraid. They, they looked into the land and they saw that there were all of these people who were powerful and they were afraid of them. And instead of trusting that God was going to give them victory over these people, they turned back and they wanted to go back to Egypt again, even though it was a life of slavery and there was nothing good in it. And yet they remembered it fondly because they were afraid of moving forward. Sometimes also God calls us to a life that we are afraid of. What is my life going to look like if I follow the calling of God? What sacrifices do I have to make if I follow the calling of God? What is it that I have to give up? And so even though God is offering us something really, really good and a great blessing for our life and something that we need, maybe we find ourselves again looking back like the Israelites, back to our old life again. Another example of a person who was looking back was Lot's wife. Lot and his family were living in the city of Sodom and God judged this city and was going to bring down fire from heaven to destroy it. So he sent angels to the city to uh, evacuate Lot and his family because they were a righteous family. He didn't want them to get destroyed along with the rest of the wicked people that lived in Sodom. So he called them out. And he told them, do not look back. When you, are, when you are fleeing from the city, do not turn back and look back at the city. Okay, But we read about Lot's wife, that she turned back again. And, and when she turned back, she turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because her heart was still attached to the place of sin, the place of wickedness, the, the attachments that she had. Maybe Lot's family was not wicked, but they were attached to the things that were wicked. They, they, their, their home was in a place of wickedness. Maybe we are not wicked, but we live in a world that is full of wickedness. And we can ask ourselves, where are our hearts and where is our attachments? What is it that we love the most in the world that we are attached to, that we are unwilling to let it go? And because we are unwilling to let it go, maybe we're willing to compromise with sin. Maybe we're willing to do things that we know are wrong because I do not want to let go of the things that I have, even though maybe they bring me um, into sin. The Lord Christ also spoke about this when he said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. This message is a message of detachment. This is saying do, do, the most important thing 
is the kingdom of heaven. Anything that is an obstacle, anything that hinders you from reaching the kingdom of heaven, cut it off and cast it away from you. So this is the first um, way that we should remain focused is we avoid looking back. Avoid looking back at our old life and what is it that we used to do and embrace the new life and the new calling and the life of sanctification that God is calling us for. The second uh, way for us to remain focused is to always review our priorities and goals. In Matthew chapter 10, 37, the Lord Christ said something maybe that sounds very strange to us. He says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy, than, worthy of me. And actually, and elsewhere, he says that even we should hate our father and mother. But of course, when he says to hate the father and mother, he doesn't mean hate in the sense of hate that we understand. He means love God more than anyone. Love God more than your children. Love God more than your parents. Love God more than anything in this world and in this life. And this is how we set our priorities and goals. And truly, if my heart is with God and I love God more than anything, then I do not allow anything to be an obstruction, even if it is a parent, even if it is a child, even if it is something that is very, very important. If this is an, an obstacle or a hindrance to me from reaching God, then Christ says what? Do not, do not put more emphasis or more value in this than in God himself. For many people, the thing that... Um, they, that is an obstacle or hindrance for them are physical things like a career and money and the goals that we set in our life. For others, maybe it is pleasures and desires that we want to fulfill in our life and then these become idols and gods to us. We can answer the question of what is it that we love the most by looking at how we use our time. Because it is easy for us to answer the question when someone asks, what do you love the most? We say, oh, of course, God. I love God more than anything. God is the number one. But if we really want the answer to this question, then we look at the way we use our time. This will answer the question of what we love the most. Because the thing we love the most is the thing that we give the most time. If I, if, if I love God the most, then I'm going to give God the most time. Of course, we have to be practical and realistic because we live in a world that has all kinds of responsibilities and things that we must do. But the question is, is, do I place the time that I spend with God as the absolute last priority, as the absolute last thing, as after I have finished everything else, then if there is time left, then I will even consider the possibility of maybe praying or spending time with God or coming to the church. Maybe this is a reflection of my priorities. And, and so I have to be serious with myself in self-reflection and say, maybe this is a distraction. Maybe these things that I am pursuing, more that I am pursuing God, is a distraction. And again, as the Lord Christ says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves the other things in this life more than God is unworthy. The third way that we should stay focused is by reviewing our gains and losses. So how can I tell, right? In Philippians 3.8, St. Paul said, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. So we ask ourselves, what am I willing to lose? Am I willing to be persecuted? Am I willing to lose the things that I have been given? We look at uh, Job the righteous as a great example that after he went through all of the calamities and the suffering and God you know, took from him so many things, his attitude was, God gives and God takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
right, that he sees that God was the source of every blessing. And so if God chooses to take these things away from me, okay, uh, it, is, it is also a blessing. It is according to his will. And just as I received it as something good, also when he takes it away, it is also something good. So he, did not, he had no attachments to anything that he had. It doesn't mean that he didn't suffer. It doesn't mean that he didn't mourn over the loss of those things and his children and his possessions and his health. He, he mourned because he lost it and he, it was difficult for him. But that did not translate into hatred for God or condemning of God, but actually he defended God. And when his wife came and said to him, curse God and die, he said, no, how can we say this about him? How can we act this way toward him? So also a reflection of my focus is my obsession with the things of this life. And if something is taken from me, if the th another way to determine if I have attachment to things is if it is taken from me, what is my reaction? What is it that I do if something that I love is taken away? Do I immediately turn to God and blame him for having taken it away? Or like Job, do I continue to, s to keep my eyes focused on God and say, yes, it's, this is painful and difficult and I wish this hadn't been taken. But if God sees that this is good and necessary for my salvation, then I accept it from his hand. Again, because my focus is on eternity. That is my focus. The things that are in this life, maybe for a time they are a benefit to us and God allows me to have them, but if they become a burden or a hindrance or for whatever reason, God sees that this is no longer good for me and he chooses to take it away, what is my reaction? The fourth way that we should be focused is by setting aside quiet time every day. In Isaiah 30:15, it says, In returning and rest you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Also we read in Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The person whose mind is stayed on God and the person who spends time in quietness, this is the person who discovers the presence of God and is aware of him on a very um, real level. Again, when we are distracted, when we are looking in every other direction, when our focus is on every other thing, the last thing maybe that comes to my mind is God and spending time with him. And so he becomes not really part of my life. Maybe he is a part of my life from an external way. You know, maybe I come to church and I, and I attend the liturgies and I take communion, but maybe the only time I really think of God or consider God is in this communal setting where I am with other people and I am attending a liturgy. But what about in my own heart, in my own mind, do I turn to God, do I seek him, do I seek his um, protection, do I seek to uh, seek his favor, do I seek his commandments, what is it that he, how is it that he wants me to live? So by having this quiet time, we remind ourselves day after day after day of the presence of God, and it actually enriches our life, and it brings us joy, because we realize that all the, the things that we experience in this life, however difficult or painful or challenging, they are temporary. But what is it that abides and remains forever? It is only God, and he is present with us. He is not far away from us, and so we remain focused on him. We focus our minds on him and we renew that focus every day when we spend time with him. The last point uh, I want to mention about staying focused is that we should expect resistance from the enemy. We are not doing all of these things in a vacuum, but we are doing them under pressure. We are always put under pressure by the devil who wants to see us to fall. 
right? Our spiritual life is not just us climbing. It is us climbing with someone trying to push us down, trying to push us down all the time, trying to push us down. And so part of the focus is to be aware of, God, of, of the devil's temptations, of the devil's attacks, of the way he tries to derail our spiritual life, of how he wants to bring us away from a life of salvation. And so when we struggle, we struggle against this enemy. We struggle against him. We, we have to struggle in order to remain focused despite the temptations, despite the things that he offers to us to lead us astray. Perfect example of this is Adam and Eve, the first two human beings, the ones who were placed in the Garden of Eden who had absolutely everything that God that they could have wanted. God gave it to them, every single blessing, everything that we desire, they received from the hand of God and they saw that it came from God and that, that he was good. And yet the first moment that the, that the serpent comes and offers them something else contrary to God, and actually contradicts the words of God and tells them you can be like God if you eat of this fruit that God has told you not to eat, their first reaction is we will eat, right? This is again a reflection of our nature and how easy is it for us to be distracted? How easy is it for me to turn my mind away from God's commandments, the life that he called me to live and instead to turn to the desires of my heart that I am being tempted by? In Deuteronomy 31.6, uh, the Lord says, uh, or sorry, Moses is saying to the people, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then even as we are struggling against the enemy, we remember that the Lord is with us and that he fights for us and that we are not alone in it. So very quickly summary of the five points that we mentioned. How is it that we can stay focused in this life? Number one, to avoid looking back. When we don't look back at our old life, but we continue walking forward in the life that God has called us for. Two, we review our priorities and goals. What is it that is the most important thing in my life? And that is reflected in how I use my time. Number three, to review our gains and losses. What, how is it that I react when I lose? And what is it that I want to gain? What is, it, what is it that I am attached to and how can I become detached from it? Four, set aside quiet time every day to be with God and to be aware of his presence, to be reminded always of his presence. And then finally, expect resistance from the enemy so that even when we are calling out to God, we, are, we know that our enemy is active and we are seeking God's protection um, from him. So this is how we can remain focused. Just as the Lord Christ, when he sent the apostles out on their mission of evangelism, he told them, greet no one along the road. Do not be distracted, but to be uh, fulfilling your mission to the end. And glory be to God forever. Amen.